Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast, a bilingual podcast where every episode we use English and Chinese to explore various social, cultural, and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. This is part two of the Island Podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that immediately makes me think of the situation in America because. Um, even though it is very complicated because there were Native Americans there at first, um, it does seem like yeah, just the fact that people come later is going to put them at a disadvantage. I mean, the economy, like you said, compound interest and the economy just constantly growing. Just being the first people there gives you a huge advantage. And at some point, your descendants don't even need to work; they just need to like not. Spend so much that they start to draw on on the principal, right? And that is not a problem that's easy to solve. You know, tangentially, yeah, yeah, tangentially, like, how have we not solved this problem already? Like, how many generations of humans have lived on this earth? Why are we not all rich beyond our wildest dreams, right? Like, if you can make enough wealth for one person to live forever or like indefinitely through, you know. Some, th- I mean, uh, I I frequent some of these reddits like um, retire early and financial independence. If everyone followed these guidelines, it would seem like in a generation everyone would be financially free, and that's just in one generation. Like, like how many generations have we had? Like, why are we not rich beyond our wildest dreams through generational wealth? Right. Um. I think there's a there's a lot of aspects to that. I think so. At least for us、um, in the UK, what are we? Do we count as first generation or second generation? Because I, I think we count as first generation. First generation. Yeah. 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 So born, born in the UK. Because I think first,、uh, our parents would be whatever generation, you know, Indian, Malaysian, Chinese, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've often wondered this because our parents are homeowners or whatever, and they've. Uh, I lost you there for like ten seconds.、Uh, okay, can you just stop from there? I, okay, so yeah, I mean, like our our parents are homeowners. They've managed to accumulate whatever amount of wealth they have. And one question that did always pop up in my mind is that how how have native people not been able to do this?、Um, it doesn't seem very difficult, and it seems like everyone who's who's been here for generations should, like you said, should it should just pretty much more or less be when did you arrive here, and that's how much wealth you have. Um, how how I think <clears throat> the process that we don't have a lot of insight into is how people lose their wealth.、And、I think it's a real thing, and、mm. I just have I don't know <laughs> enough wealthy people to to really know about that process. But it, but it must happen. I mean, for example,、um, if you take the S and P five hundred, the turnover is actually quite high.、Um, companies are popping into it and falling out of it all the time. And apparently, although I haven't looked into this a lot. Um, just the top, the top one percent、um, is not is not an entrenched thing. Like the names on that list would be constantly changing.、Um, sometimes for some obvious reasons, like if you just just unlocked your trust fund in that year,、uh, depending on how it's counted, like you you would be in the the one percent for that year, and then a few years later you might not be.、Um, it, it depends if you're measuring it by income or wealth, I suppose. Um, I imagine, though, that a big part of it is that if you're a child that's born into wealth, you just、uh, you just won't, won't yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I was about to say、it. this. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's it, right? I think I think you've really nailed it there. I think it's about it's about people who take for granted what they have. Yes. So if you have something already, you like like for instance, I take for granted that I had clothes on my back when I was growing up. I take for granted that I had the opportunity to have an education. I didn't have to work, right? We take this stuff for granted already, like me and you. Yeah. Um, but what we don't take for granted is the money we've made so far, the progress we've made with our careers, like these things that we, we don't take for granted. And I think maybe families keep going through this. So maybe we're not the ones to be multi-billionaires, billionaires. I mean, fingers crossed we are. But if we're not, maybe our children will be because we gave them a much bigger head start. And then once they become multi-millionaires, billionaires, someone down the line fucks it up. Pretty much. Yeah. They basically they give their kids whatever they want because they have unlimited resources. Yes. It's like the welfare of families. And they don't appreciate it. They squander it and you know, maybe they don't even reproduce. They don't even reproduce and their money gets given to the state or whatever. Who knows? Gets auctioned off. And that's it. The generational wealth stops there, right? They, mm, I'm their great great grandfather, and I'm turning over in my coffin, thinking, "Mother, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For you sure. you took all of that, and you didn't continue the legacy and pass it on, and now it's gone back to the state, and the state's rich. I mean, even for me, so I'm an only child, and I know that I'm gonna inherit my mom's house like no matter what i do like almost and i think that that must affect me in some way i mean if i was really coming from a place where i had nothing at all to fall back on maybe i would be working harder than i am now so i I mean the point i'm trying to make is there's going to be a limit to how much the parent can actually shield their children from the world so maybe it's just inevitable i mean if you're living in beverly hills mansion like it doesn't matter how good of, unless you're prepared to <laughs> ship your child off to live like in some other neighborhood or just, you know, pull it, put on a mass, just a, a huge, uh, roots and just move the whole family into some average middle class neighborhood until they're 18 or something is, is pretty, it seems like an inevitable wheel of, of turnover. I mean, I mean, you're saying like basically shield them from your wealth until they're 18. Yeah, but in order to do that, if you, in order to treat, I, I don't even, I don't even think that's old. Like, I don't think that's old enough, man. I think they, <laughs> you know, when you're 18 and you have a shit ton of money, <laughs> you are not. You are. I mean, that's the worst time to give you know a bunch what? of person so a million, right. a billion you're dollars. So- right? <laughs> <laughs> you can wait until this person's 30. You know, he's like completely. Like he got, he's gone down the wrong track. He's lost multiple jobs. He's down in the dumpster. Oh, by the way, our family's rich. You know, it's <laughs> a bunch of money. <laughs> You're cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it. I mean, I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic, but I, I do want to finish this part off. It feels like we're almost getting to like, what is the root of happiness? It's not. It's not being wealthy from the beginning. Like, like it's. Oh, sorry, there are so many things to unpack here. Like one, I feel like one of the reasons why we all mess up at the end is an un un not wavering, what's the word I'm looking for? Untapped, un without any boundaries, consuming everything. 
Okay. And like whether that's whether that's you know buying things as a, as a consumer or just you know just untempered. That's the word I'm looking for. Untempered consumption. They just keep consuming, consuming, consuming because they're rich, right? Whether that's rich on time, rich because they're young in terms of like health. Or rich in terms of um, money, right? And that's part of it, right? It's not just about like the youth squander their time because they have too much of it. Yeah. The healthy squander their health because obviously they feel like they're invincible, yep. and the rich squander their money because they have an abundance of it. Yeah. And it it's so striving. I feel like we're jumping it. topics around okay, here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. It's like you need to be able to. Or control yourself no matter what situation. In fact, it's, it's, it's way harder to control yourself when you have an abundance of something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you have an abundance of hormones, you're going to have sex with anything in front of you, right? <laughs> when you have less of it, it doesn't really matter. It's not very hard to control yourself as an older gentleman, right? Yes. Um, any, I don't mean to insult any older gentlemen out there, but it's, uh, it's biology, right? <laughs> Um, and as, and as a kid, as a, as a youth, you know, having bad posture or, um, running or doing sports badly, it doesn't really matter because you heal quickly and you have youth on your side. Um, so you squander your health. I feel like we're, 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 we're getting to the point of here. You don't, you can't take for granted anything or you'll end up with nothing. Right. So I think this is valuable for our island though, because we can't introduce a place. We can't introduce like a, uh, a holiday island, essentially, because the next generation that that produces is just going to screw the island up. So Correct. we have to think in four dimensions. We're trying to think into the future as well. And that is, that makes it, now the problem is getting very interesting to me, I think. Um, so that's, yeah. I feel this is going to need a part two. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, probably 20 The parts. island episode one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. But I think to bring it back, where, where even were we? Okay. No, I've got it. So another question that came up for me then is that do we want to fight this Kratos distribution? Because it's also going to lead to this situation that we've realized that we want to avoid, which is having people who don't need to strive for anything. Um, and we're going to reinvent this class system. Now, um, I think what this basically touches on is equal opportunity and equal outcome, right? Which is quite relevant today. Mm. Um, so there's two sides that I often get torn between. So on the one hand, you've got you as a parent, you surely part of your drive to be successful is going to be to do the best you can for your children. Um, so that will obviously produce um, a uh, disparity in parental needs. So some parents will be able to provide their children more and some parents less. And that is fair from the parents' point of view. But from the next generation's point of view, that presents them with a, a unequal opportunity situation. And I don't know how to, how to strike the balance there. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, any thoughts on that. The balance of what exactly? Sorry. So let's say we all start, let's say we get a hundred people that start off on the island and we've sorted all the problems and we're kind of just mm. working, right? And we're, we're a service-based economy. We're basically going to be something like Singapore or Hong Kong. Um, but we'll have mm. varying levels of success inevitably. So what that means is that all of our, and we all have children at the same, exactly the same, in exactly the same year. So we have uh, these 100 children and they are going to not have the same opportunities as each other. Um, so from an equal opportunities perspective, 
that's unfair on the children. But from an equal outcome perspective, it's fair for the parents that they are able to provide their children with different opportunities because they will they all have different levels of ability and they all work harder or less hard. Um, does does that make more sense now? Is it still complicated? I, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's easy to argue equal opportunity over equal outcome. Um, but because of the unequal outcomes that equal opportunity provides, the Pareto dist- distribution, yeah. you have this problem of giving giving people equal opportunity again <laughs> because everyone had unequal outcomes. <laughs> the beginning, it's like a, it just keeps on going. Basically, you, you you end up with this loop where you kind of have to give give people somewhere equal outcome. Otherwise, how do you start with equal opportunity? Yes, exactly. It seems like a very difficult problem. I mean. You get into wealth distribution, you get into the things I think that we are starting to realize are not good. Um, but I really feel for, in this island, in our island, I really feel for the next generation that would immediately present, be presented probably with very different opportunities. And that's just in, in one. Okay, I have yeah, an idea. <laughs> okay, so I can see how the communists got to where they got to, in a way. It's like, they realized that equal opportunity did it meant unequal outcome which meant that you couldn't start with equal opportunity again so you start with equal outcome to try and get some resemblance of equal opportunity but yeah i mean maybe it doesn't work but my idea would maybe be to start with um now this is why you have governments right the governments kind of set the lowest barrier of welfare so people at least have the opportunity even if the Pareto distribution, the randomness of life, puts you in the dumpster. Something at least catches you. Yeah. So I don't know if that leaves us just in a very similar situation to Singapore, which is that you know you have some basic level of welfare, uh, but you have low taxes, and it's generally a capitalist society. Um, but there's a lot of government grants and. Um, the welfare is very specific. So I guess you at least have a base level of education, even if you're completely poor. You you have, you have zero. You will still get an education, mm-hmm. and you will still have somewhere to live. Okay. And you will still have police force to protect you. And that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> so even if the equal out, unequal outcome of equal opportunity arises from you know generation to generation, makes you the worst, uh, puts you in the worst possible situation. You can still start from zero, like the first islander. Okay, so hmm, we are so we're already toying with bringing in a welfare system, um, which is interesting because normally my mind is trying to move away from welfare, um, but there isn't. There's definitely an argument for. I don't think any. I think empathy is still every human has empathy and sympathy. So I think it's reasonable to say. So I don't, I personally don't mind paying taxes for like stopping people just being absolutely destitute. Um, I suppose, I suppose that's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> you suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, let's play devil's advocate. Let's, let's argue the case for completely and utter equal opportunity, which means there is no welfare. So that would lead to, let's start with the first hundred islanders, the second hundred islanders and their children would be, you know, they will be a much poorer family. And eventually you'd have one where they couldn't even pay for schooling or maybe even food. And they just disappear. <laughs> just, disappear. just die. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that that's pretty much what happens. You have don't have enough for food. But I wonder though. I wonder if the economy is functioning well. Um, maybe there's always jobs for everyone. Maybe there is. Maybe that bottom just doesn't exist as long as people are prepared to work. So, or maybe you're talking about maybe you're talking about high net worth individuals privatizing charities. They realize they've got way too much money, like the Bill Gates Foundation. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I you let hope, the welfare create itself. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if we we would probably need a constitution, and we probably need some principles that we want because we can see how far out America is from its uh, constitution and. No matter how crazy things get, people always tend to agree that you can't go against what's written in the Constitution. So it seems like that'd be a good thing to have, and that'd be important um, for us to come up with and think about very carefully. So um, we might... What, why, why do you think we should have a Constitution? Because otherwise, um, going into the future, people will just sort of make up laws as they go, right? But at the moment in America, it's very difficult to change like freedom of speech, for example. I think one one of the things that gives America its strength is that that is written in the Constitution and no one seems to want to touch it. Like, people kind of make inroads. So, so I think the biggest problem with the Constitution, like, sure, the freedom of speech one makes a lot of sense, but, you know, you, then you have things like the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. I mean, I don't know if that is the sole reason for the amount of deaths that happen with firearms in America. Or America has a real cultural issue. Mm. But, you know, like, America has multiple, multiple, multiples of deaths, more than any other country. Let's just use the UK, for example, like, thousands of more deaths. Order of magnitude, orders of orders of magnitude. Yeah. And you can't get rid of that, basically, because it's an immutable constitution that everyone believes in. So, trying to get rid of that, like, this whole Black Lives Matter thing that's happened so far... I mean, if we disregard any arguments about race and police brutality and all this kind of thing, if we disregard all of that, like, I reckon getting rid of the Second Amendment would solve 99% of the issues that Black Lives Matter are um, essentially trying to to fight for. That is true. But they can't. That is true. Um, so the reason I brought it up is because I was thinking that a principle we might have on the island, like a very... A sim- pretty simple one is like don't steal from people right but then if we wanted to start taking money from people to pay for these poor kids that are in a poor families that will inevitably uh occur um we'd be we'd be like breaking a principle that i i guess i'm assuming that we both kind of want we wouldn't want so what i wouldn't necessarily want uh money to be taken through taxes and costs. um so again like i think we, we're going down this line where we're trying to be empathetic and worry about people who are going to end up at the bottom. And then we are, you know what this is like? This is exactly like when we wanted to make a new Redux. And then we realized that step by step, <laughs> we just are rewriting Redux. You're rebuilding the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for people who don't know what Redux is, it's a, a JavaScript library. Both me and Leon are developers. And it's a very popular library in the React JavaScript web development community. And everyone uh, loves to hate on it. We try to rewrite. To yeah. Right, right. Um, it's funny, people are moving away from it now. But yeah, back then, we tried to rebuild it because all these things we didn't like about it. And then we realized, oh, that's why they have this <laughs> thing. Oh, that's why they have this thing. Oh, that's why they have this thing. Okay. And then we're back to, we, re- we rebuilt the wheel. Exactly. So, so far, we've already sort of reestablished we're going to need some kind of welfare state. Um, 
the Constitution. <laughs> well, we have, I, I, we're building America, Leon. We don't even live there. <laughs> um, we're already going to have the problem of wealth inequality, even from the first generation. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's 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 try and look on a more positive note. So we have this constitution that you said that we we need. I to an extent agree. It's basically like a a protocol level thing that is immutable. But maybe it isn't immutable. But let's just say it's immutable so wait, for now, on. right? It, a protocol level thing. When you say protocol, this would be like if it was a DA, a DAO, and it, this would be like the, con- the the initial founding contract. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So when I say protocol, I just mean like the lowest level thing, the rules of engagement, if you yeah. will. And we've done our best to figure out all the rules of engagement and it, it works for us um now, but it may not work for, you know, our children's children's children who, you know, live in virtual reality and the rights are slightly different and we need people to stop stealing other people's identity because that's just a thing. Like, um, yeah pretending to be other people or well, i don't know whatever right like there are things that we cannot foresee yeah. so it needs to be probably effectively immutable unless some quorum of voters decide that this part of the system needs to change because i think it'd be ignorant for us to assume that we know everything from the beginning but at the very least we know we need to create some kind of system for the system to evolve that is probably going to be the most difficult thing to tackle, I think, because if you leave the door open for change, um, I, I mean, all right, the simplest way to put it is you have to protect against bad act. You have to protect against people. Take the free speech example. Um, you have to protect against someone that just wants to curtail free speech for their own selfish reason. Um, and that's really difficult to do. I don't know how, how to achieve. I think that could so, be a whole I podcast mean- problem. I mean, I mean, so, yeah, it could be. So if we talk about how we actually, I mean, so I'm coming in from like the blockchain side of it again. Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about is how do we come to consensus when we don't know any, everyone in the system and we don't trust everyone in the system? Um, and currently in, um, the blockchain system, we have two ways to come to consensus. One of it is proof of work and proof of stake and they both are kind of systems where you you come cons- to consensus because someone proved that they did something. It means they have something to lose, basically, right? Because they have something at stake, whether that's computing time or their money, they have something to lose. So these bad actors you're talking about need to be incentivized, basically, or disincentivized by not having to lose their something that they value. So in, I think traditional society, they don't use proof of stake or proof of work. You you have some kind of identity. You have a, a way to protect from cyber attacks where um, if you if I know who you are, I can put you in prison, basically. Yes. I mean, so the thing that sprung to mind for me was um, maybe people are willing to spend a lot of money to, to gain power for themselves in, in real life. So you could say that somebody who has a lot of wealth in America, you might assume that they don't want to... They have a big stake in the country, right? But that doesn't mean that they really care about it because they might be willing to, to burn all their wealth just for their own like political gain or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know how to solve that. Maybe it's unsolvable. I mean, just because it's a human issue. Um, oh, I mean, let's, let's put it, yeah, let's put it this way, right? Maybe if 51% of the network or of the island wants to do something, that's enough. 
Mm. Like, even if they are all bad actors, if you say, I mean, of course we think they're bad actors because we're in the 49%, right? But it's all perspective. So. True. And do we. You know just... what? If 51% of your island are bad actors, it's, it's already over, probably. So, like, you've got yeah, bigger correct. problems. Or maybe it, yeah. Yeah, maybe it evolves from there, right? Like, those 51% think, they think they're right, right? So, they, they evolve the system and it keeps evolving until you reach some kind of equilibrium where, you know, we don't have that right now. Mm. Because the system is still evolving. Mm. So, um, we're coming up to an hour. Um, I think we could probably talk forever. Um, but it's probably best if we split this up into parts. Um, let's try to mm. sort of see if we've made any, any progress <laughs> on our island and see what we. Maybe, yeah, maybe we can just summarize what we talked about in this episode. Or at least I would say this is, we're basically exploring the problem. Yeah. So. Of creating a new society, yes. right? So we need to, so, it's almost like we didn't realize, or I didn't realize how much we didn't know about what it's going to take to, to start an island. I think we realized that the mm-hmm. work definitely starts before you land, which seems obvious now that I say it. Um, but we would need a way, we need to. Yeah. You don't just build a house <laughs> and then it, and then we've got to go from there. <laughs> if we're smart, which we, hopefully we are, the house would be waiting for us when we arrive. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's, uh, it's one less gen, well, it's one more generation of happiness, you know? You can just build your house, go fishing, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, right? we did, we didn't actually consider all that. The prob- <laughs> all the problems start when you build wealth. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had that problem, we have to popularize it, we have to decide who we want on the island, which we haven't even got into yet. Um, we have to think about not just the island for ourselves, but the island into the future, which means we have to contend with um, income inequality, like every nation in the world does. Uh, we have to contend mm. with how we care for the people who will inevitably end up at the bottom of society. Uh, what else did we cover? Have I missed anything? Um, how do we bring people to consensus in terms of like governance? Yeah. Um, how do we deal with bad actors? Although we didn't really go into, into too much detail. Um, whether or not we try and deal with wealthy individuals, if we were going to have like some kind of token system, wealthy individuals could take control. Do we deal with that? Should we deal with that? Is that, do, do wealthy individuals have more of a qualification to make decisions over less wealthy people? Yeah. Um, and we're going to go into that in episode two. I yes. <laughs> we will choose one of these <laughs> problems. Um, I think it's fine. It, it was good to do this exploratory session. Um, it's going to be important for us to start to narrow down, get some concrete issues that we need to tackle and then, and then tackle. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for if that. If we end, if we end up, yeah, if we end up with America, I'm going to be super, super pissed. <laughs> Me too. Um, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jeff. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Cheers. See you next time. That's all we have for this episode. Please follow me on Twitter at Yishontio, that's Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H. If you would like to support the show in any way, for those outside of China, you can donate money at paypal.me forward slash Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H or subscribe to me on Patreon. All the details are in the show notes below. For those inside of China, you can donate by scanning my Weixin or Zhifubao QR codes below. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you all next episode. And we also have a new Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Chuan Chuan Podcast. So please like and follow me there.